Welcome to Christian Concepts, a weekly show in which I hold thoughtful discussions about Christianity, its concepts, and misconceptions. I'm your host, Taj, and this is episode number six. Now, I am back in the vehicle doing the mobile setup, and hopefully this is the redemption episode as far as the sound quality goes. Hopefully there's no clipping and everything, so I really hope this turns out great. But actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little flashback um, about a year ago or so is when I first, no, actually two years ago, I first started my uh, podcasting journey and I was recording some audio programs and I, I have a, a clip from uh, the original episode that I actually made uh, for another program uh, about thinking in faith, right? Just holding uh, your, your, your thoughts and lining it up with faith and not just following blindly and what have you. And I think it just ties in great with this, everything that I've been building so far with this Christian Concepts. It fuses great. But a few questions that I do have to ask you uh, when I, I do introduce this clip, because I'm going to play this clip, again, give some uh, commentary, give my feedback, and add on to it, because I just breeze through a lot of information in about 9, 10 minutes. And I really think there's a lot of things that I have to add on to it. So, but what I want you to really pay attention to as far as, well, of course, the content, <laughs> I do want you to pay attention to the content, but I, I want some feedback on something in particular. I want to know um, how, as far as that style of content compared to what I'm doing now. Right now, I'm just making it very conversational and it's really off the top of my head. I keep notes and I just flow. So it's, it's, it's basically a live show. As you can tell, I don't do much editing and I, I just let it flow. Um, right there, you just might hear, uh, you know, the keys just dropped. I'll cut that out. But other than that, um, I, I do not cut anything out. Right. So th that show that I originally did had a little bit more editing, what have you. Um, but also the theme music was a lot different. So I want to know what you think about the theme music. Uh, did you enjoy that music compared to the little intro sound that I use now? Um, what, what, what do you think about that? So I'm going to introduce that clip, but really what I'm going to say is, that this specific episode is about like all the different objections that people currently have to the Bible. Um, I go through the four most common ones that I come across and still till this day, uh, continuously, the people that will just absolutely reject the Bible. These four things are the main reason why they will say that they object to the Bible. They want nothing to do with the Bible. They won't listen to it and they just can't put their faith in it because they just don't believe it's true. So I'm going to go through a few of those. And again, this program, that program is not for the sake of just arguing with uh, someone who is, this, uh, you know, completely against the Bible. It's not about arguing because, again, it is all about one's faith. And I'm just presenting the information so that way anyone listening to this can decide what they want. They can dive into the Bible. They can um, weigh it objectively against uh, everything else that they see. And again, I'm just presenting the argument. And again, I, I truly believe, well, first of all, uh, the, the whole premise of Christian concepts is the foundation of the Bible is your faith is the most important thing, right? And I cannot make anyone believe anything. So thinking that arguing someone into believing or uh, all those things is actually against Christian concepts in the sense that uh, the Bible itself teaches that it is the Holy Spirit that does the work on a person's heart and mind to really show them and open up them to the truth of God's word. It is the Christian's job to present the word, but it is not the Christian's job to basically 
beat the word over somebody's head and try to trick them into uh, believing it or, you know, um, back in the olden days, uh, having a crusade to make them believe this at knife point and all those different things. That is not Christian, right? So at the end of the day, you cannot make someone believe anything. All our job is, all we can do is present the evidence, present the information, and Lord willing, they will believe it and accept it and see the evidence for themselves and open their minds up to what God has to say to them. So I'm going to introduce this track right now, and then I'll be back after and I'll give some more commentary. Today, we're going to discuss a very simple but important topic. Is the Bible still relevant for today? And is it logical to put your faith in it? When I was about 20, if you'd asked me that question, I would have said absolutely not. It's a collection of stories of well-intentioned people that are trying their best to get you to do well. They did not have the scientific knowledge or the historical knowledge that we have today. Also, I probably would have said the book is a collection of stories that were manipulated by people in power. Of course, today I wouldn't say that. The Bible is logical, and here's my reason why. If I'm willing to say that I believe in an all-powerful God that created everything out of nothing, it's not hard or complicated or crazy for me to say that I believe he can let me know what he wants, what he is like, through a book. It is far more difficult for God to create everything out of nothing than to let me know what he's like. There are many common misconceptions and arguments against the Bible. The top four that I would say that I come across the most is number one is science. Number two, there's so many errors. Number three, progress that has taken place over the last 2,000 years makes it irrelevant. And number four is the example of the telephone game. And I'll go through each of these. At one point, I did believe them, but now I can see that there are holes in all four of them. Uh, For starters, science. There is a plethora of information, everything from evolution, geology records, radiocarbon dating, argon dating, etc., that can make an argument against the Bible and against Christian faith. I'm not going to go into detail with every single one of these simply because this is not an apologetics podcast, but there's many resources out there such as Answers in Genesis. You can actually research this and find the deep nuances of all these different topics, but I would just simply say that at some point you're going to have to put your faith into something. If something is tested, observed, and repeatable, then it requires no faith whatsoever. But once you start to make an assumption of things in the past that did happen, then it requires a little bit of faith. So regardless of what you put your faith in, whether you put your faith in the Bible, you put your faith in God, or an assumption that a scientist makes, unless it is in the present tense, at some point, whether it be a very minute amount or a whole lot, you're going to exercise some sort of faith. Number two are the errors. Many times people say there are a lot of errors in the Bible as far as historical errors, genealogical errors. For example, when Jonah is swallowed by a whale, the Bible also refers to the whale as a fish. And many people will say, well, a whale is not a fish, a whale is a mammal. And that will be the argument against it. But if you do some research and you do the language and as time changes, anything that was swimming in the sea was considered a fish. The actual breakdowns of mammals and amphibians and such like that are classifications that we make in modern times. But generally speaking, anything that was swimming around in the sea was just a fish. And there's another one where in the New Testament where Jesus eats an ear of corn and they say, well, 
corn is something from the Americas. Therefore, that is an error in the Bible. And Jesus eating corn just shows that this was a modern myth and it was made up. At the same time, if you're willing to do a little research and you can see that corn refers to a lot of things, not just maize from the Americas, but corn also refers to wheat and many other grains that were in Jerusalem and Europe, that side of the world at the time. So it's not necessarily saying that Jesus went into the field and ate maize. You really do your research and you have an open mind and actually want to find something. These so-called errors that people are quick to jump on and point out as being black and white, the presentation of them is flawed at the very least. Number three is the cultural norms that are in the Bible. People will say certain things such as slavery, a man and a wife and the family roles, etc., is very outdated. Teachings that are in the Bible do not fit modern day. So people will say nothing is absolute and the progress that we have made over the millennia makes the Bible obsolete, irrelevant, and not for this time. To say that things change, therefore the Bible must change and it is now irrelevant in 2019 or beyond, it's making a flawed argument in the sense that you're making the assumption that nothing can be consistent. Although number one and three are completely two different points, many times people hold both the scientific argument and the absolutes and the, the norms as one. So the same person that will present one will normally present three as well. It's an ironic statement because the same person that will say, we know what things were like at the beginning of the universe because of the, the constants and the, the, the norms that we observe today allows us to calculate back to know exactly what things were like in the beginning. Many times those are the same people that will tell you absolutes do not exist and things change. I'm not trying to equivocate the scientific arguments with the norms and the absolutes and the constants. However, many times people will hold both of these arguments together. And four is a very popular one, which is the telephone game. I'm sure you've done this before in school or whatever it is when you whisper to your partner on the right one thing and they go around the circle. And by the time it goes all the way around the room, at the end, the story is completely different. The first person might say something very simple, like a man went down the road, he found a dog and he fed the dog some chicken. He then brought him home and named the dog Sally and showed the dog to his wife. By the time it goes around the room, you'll get a convoluted story like a woman named Sally found a chicken and they were chased by a dog. And that's the telephone game in that once a story is retold over and over and over again, by the time it gets to the end, as we are right now with the Bible 2,000 years later, they'll say, well, the story has changed hands so many times that it is completely unreliable and putting your faith into that is just absolutely crazy. All of these arguments... I would say number one, two, three, four can all come down to one simple, logical way of looking at things. If you're willing to believe in a God that created everything out of nothing, is it crazy to believe that he can let you know what he is like, what he wants for you, and he can pass down his thoughts and his words through generations? After all, I think it is a lot harder to create everything out of nothing than it is to simply let someone know what you're like and what your thoughts are. Now you may think I'm oversimplifying things. I'm making things way too simple. It's not a crazy argument whatsoever. It is actually logical. In simplest terms, when I think of logic, I think of my course two math class when we had to do those silly if P then Q statements. If God is powerful enough to create everything out of nothing, then he should have the power to let me know what he's like. So that is just a quick thought and explanation as to why I will even use the Bible for a reference for my faith. 
it's because I use that as my foundation. This is not an apologetics podcast where I am trying to convince you that there is a God or convince you that the Bible is real or arguing for the faith. I assume that by listening to this, you have at least some sense or believe in God or a creator that intelligently designed everything in the universe and are searching out to see if maybe Christianity and the Bible offer truth. I hope you found this information helpful and interesting. I know I could have spent a lot of time on each of these four topics. In fact, I could have spent hours. However, I did not go into depth. I just brushed the surface of these. In the upcoming episodes, I just will elaborate a little bit more to help lay a little foundation for the show. Until next time, I have a quick question for you. Which of these four areas were the biggest hurdle for you to overcome? And which of these would you like me to dive into a little bit more? I welcome your feedback and discussions. Let's think and grow in faith together. Okay, so I am back uh, live here in uh, the vehicle, and you know, that clip was really about two years ago I actually made that, right? And uh, generally, I still feel the same way about everything I said, but I just want to clarify a few things because I breezed through a lot. First and foremost, that was actually made for a, uh, a little bit more impatient audience, so I actually had to just breeze through the information, and I left a lot of holes out. Uh, that I would just like to clarify and give you some additional resources that in case you are really interested in this topic and you want to either know this for yourself or understand uh, different viewpoints and be able to present to certain people or whatever it is. But again, I am presenting it and ultimately it is between you and God, right? I must say that I absolutely love science. I am not against science. I'm not against scientists. I'm not against any kind of theories, any and anything whatsoever uh, re- related to science, because ultimately science means knowledge. And is you know, as man, we we are on a quest for knowledge since the beginning of time. You know, that's what runs us into trouble, but that is also what's what 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 causes our lives to be better in many cases in these modern times. Right? It's our quest for knowledge to figure out different things, make life better. That is ever ongoing, and is just a part of who we are. And you know. There is nothing wrong with that. A matter of fact, the, the first job that I wanted to be when I was a kid, when I was little, was a paleontologist. If you don't know what a paleontologist is, it is the person that digs up, uh, say, dinosaur bones and those things. But not just dinosaur bones, but for me, that's all that really mattered was I was obsessed. I, I could name all the dinosaurs, the, you know, the, the birds that came out of it, um, you know, all the different uh, species and, and, and all sorts of things, the facts about them and and um, I could even, I'm a terrible speller, but believe it or not, I could spell Stegosaurus and, and, and all these different things at a very young age. And right now, you know, uh, some very simple words, which somebody my age should be able to spell very easily. <laughs> you know, I struggle with till this day. However, when I was in kindergarten, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, I could spell all sorts of things related to dinosaurs. I was absolutely obsessed with it. Jurassic Park, I saw that thing in the theaters uh, twice. I had, I begged my mother to take me to the theaters twice. And then when it came out on pay-per-view back in the day, if you remember pay-per-view, um, I even begged her to let me watch that again. On paper. I was obsessed with dinosaurs. Uh, birthday themes. I mean, I had fossils. That was all I wanted. Fossils for my birthday, right? So anyways, 
Then, of course, you know, I went to the astronaut phase when I was just absolutely obsessed with space and everything. But here's the thing, I'm claustrophobic. So, yes, my fascination and love for science has always continued, but I just knew I wasn't going to space based on that. Although, by the time I was in high school, I did overcome my claustrophobia. But that's neither here nor there. So, what I'm trying to say is, you know, I always love science, and I have nothing against science. And, and still, till this day, I love watching old Bill Nye the Science Guy episodes because... That was my favorite show as a kid. I absolutely love that show. And today, anything that comes on TV with Neil deGrasse Tyson or about Einstein or any of these quote-unquote, you know, rock stars of science, you know, I will absolutely watch it. Anything theoretical and all that stuff. I mean, I still to this day have a fascination with all that stuff. Again, do not think I am, you know, uh, oblivious to science. I hate science. I have some kind of vendetta against it. No, I absolutely love science. So going forward, though, what, what I do want to say is there are a couple things that I will present that I, you know, I, I really breeze through uh, in that episode, that presentation that I did, because, again, that was a different audience. But uh, as far as the dating, right, the, like the biggest thing, like a lot of people will say is, Okay, the, the two things, evolution and dating, argon dating and carbon dating and, and all these different forms of dating using the half-life. You don't know what the half-life is. Uh, certain elements uh, within rocks or within um, biological compounds, whatever, whatever it is, has a half-life, meaning uh, over a period of time at a set rate, uh, that, uh, comp that element, it breaks down into something else. So... I'll just use a simple, very simple, simple analogy in case you're not really like that deep into all this stuff. Um, let's say ice, right? Let's say ice melts at a set rate for, you know, just just for argument's sake. Just just bear with me. Um, let's say a, a pound of ice melts down to, you know, cuts in half every half an hour, right? So you have one pound of ice in 30 minutes. It's going to be a half a pound. In a one hour time, that half a pound is going to cut down to a quarter pound, right? So it just keeps going halfway down over the period of time and it's steady, right? So that is how they do all these radio datings as far as, you know, rocks or biological compounds and all these different things. And again, I'm simplifying this and just breezing through this really quick for the sake of uh, presentation. Uh, so that is how they determine how old uh, different things are, such as the planets, uh, such as, um, you, you know, um, anything that they, they find to see how long an animal was living, carbon-14, all these different things, right, that they're using to, to use to measure. So going back to my ice analogy is if you know that the ice melts at that steady rate, it cuts in half every half an hour, well, you can tell by how much uh, ice is left and how much water is there that how big that block originally was or how long it was actually sitting there, right? Because it, the ice, the solid block is going to melt away to water. And assuming again that none of this is evaporating, this is not the perfect analogy, but I'm just trying to make things simple, right? So just by using some uh, reasoning and some calculations that you can, you can generally figure out, okay, how long that ice has been sitting on the table melting away, right? Based on the size of it. Uh, a great assumption is made. It's very easy to see in my ice analogy that you're assuming that no one ate a piece of this ice while it was sitting there. You're assuming that no one turned on a blow dryer and you're assuming that the temperature in the room was always the same. Now, again, I understand this is an oversimplified analogy, but bear with me for the sake of uh, the way the dating goes, right? 
they make the assumption that the half-life of whatever it is that they are actually measuring always stays the same. Because without that being a constant, then the math completely throws off. But at the same time, the same scientists that will measure uh, the the half-life of something also will state that Earth is nothing like what it was in the beginning, right? So we know the conditions on Earth. We know the conditions on Earth are absolutely different now than they were in the past. So the question is, why do we assume that the the half-life, nothing has ever happened that can change a half-life? Why is it always a constant rate? The reason why we assume that is because we've never observing it changing. As far as we know, it has always been the same. But at the same time, we're making the argument that these things are thousands or, or millions or, or billions of years old. And we are using our observations as, as fact based on what we know over the last, let's say, you know, I'll be reasonable and say 200 years, right? And you know, we're using that observation over the last 200 years or 300 years, if you want to be generous, to say that this is how it has been for the entire length of the Earth. And that dating system uh, absolutely works and is flawless. Some assumptions are made and the, the scientist that is using that to to date something has the faith that things did not change, that it, 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 the conditions did not change in a way that would have Uh, affected how the half-life works, right? So again, even that is oversimplifying it and going very quickly, but I just want to show you that, okay, that is how I'm looking at it to say is it's it's pretty ironic to say that we know the earth wasn't always the same. However, half-lives have never changed, right? That is a pretty ironic statement. Now, let me leave off of uh, half-life and, and argon dating and all that stuff and, and, and go on to now evolution. Evolution is like by far like the, the, the one of the biggest things. And I remember when I was in school, that was one of the big issues that I personally had. Like I, I brought it to my parents, the youth pastor and everything. I'm like, okay, look, this is what we're learning in science class. And, you know, it, this, this, this is not compatible with the Bible. Like it is not compatible and there's no way, you know, it, it makes me laugh when like so many Christians try to uh, squeeze evolution into the Bible and say, all right, um, the theory that we are taught in high school can fit into the Bible if you assume that days are, you know, different lengths of periods, you know, there's a gap between uh, certain days and all sorts of different things, right? And they, they, well, first of all, I'll just bring out the fact that uh, in the Bible, <laughs> there there is light before the sun was created. Uh, the plants were created, and you know the, the the animals and all these different things are in completely different order. Then ultimately, they say there was a primordial soup that it came from the ocean with lightning strikes and all that stuff, and eventually that you know grew up to us and then to whatever um, animal is going to come in the future, right? And that is challenging to the Christian uh, uh, concept, right? The, the Christian starting point, it is in direct conflict with the Bible. There is there's no way around it um, that if that theory is 100% true, then the Bible is irrelevant. There is just, I mean, there is really no way to, to, to put that. Because remember, 
uh, Jesus himself and the Bible itself says that if any part of it is false, then the whole thing should be discredited, right? So that is why it is important. And that is why, you know, so many Christians try to fit it into the Bible. But this is what I will tell you. Um, before you think I'm crazy, that I'm absolutely uh, just, just, just off my rocker, right? Uh, there are non-Christian scientists that have been pushed out of the, the, uh, the, the mainframe of all the, uh, peer-reviewed, uh, papers and all these different things. And they're, they are called, uh, they believe in creative design. They don't believe in God, or excuse me, they believe in intelligent design. They don't believe in a creator as far as God, but they don't think that evolution, the way it is, uh, Darwinian evolution, um, absolutely works. And there, Darwin himself had some doubts about this. A lot of what we call Darwinian evolution absolutely uh, came after Darwin was dead. And if you're really interested in uh, this topic, I mean, this this is some heavy reading and it's going to take you forever. Um, however, uh, there is an amazing book called Darwin's Doubt by uh, Stephen C. Meyer or Mayer. I, I don't know how you say the, the last name, but M-E-Y-E-R. I'll put the... Uh, the title and the author in the the show notes, but um, this is it, this is a six hundred page book, and if if you're you know it's heavy reading. When I'm talking about like heavy reading, it's like reading an encyclopedia. You could probably only go a few pages at a time because it's 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 a lot, right? Um, so much so that I actually have to get the audiobook of the thing. The audiobook itself is like fifteen hours or sixteen hours long, and even in that, I can't listen to it more than one hour at a time because it is some heavy lifting. Right. And for you to actually uh, absorb all of that. But if this is something that you are really interested in and this is not a Christian um, source or anything, it is just a scientific uh, a review of uh, the issues with Darwinian evolution. All right. And there are lots of scientists out there that do not accept Darwinian evolution. And they are really they're pushed out of all of uh, the textbooks and everything. Just just Google it. Um, intelligent design. And those are not Christian sources. And of course, I, I don't agree with a lot of the conclusions they make because it clashes with the Bible. However, I just want to tell you that there are a, a lot of um, scientists out there that have really just torn apart Darwin's theory and what we call Darwinian evolution and have really seen that it, it is flawed, extremely flawed. And, um, just again, just presenting another viewpoint that you can look into and then weigh it against everything that you think you know. And again, knowledge doesn't hurt anyone, you know, and as a man, we have that quest for knowledge. So the more you know, the more you hear the different views that you hear, there's nothing absolutely wrong with that. So at the end of the day, you can make your own decision and you can't say that I try to uh, beat this book over your head, or I tried to force feed you some evidence. Um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, um, I made my own conclusions. And do I know everything? Absolutely not. If there is, um, you know, let's, let, let's just say everything there is to know is, um, the size of a pizza, right? Let's say all of knowledge could be put into a pizza, right? I don't think I, the, the knowledge that we currently have would even be a, a piece of pepperoni or whatever topping it is that you have on the pizza. All that we know 
is 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 just a little speck, not even a speck of cheese, like maybe a drop of oil <laughs> that is, you know, um, in it. One one grain of flour that was gone into that dough. That's what I think is what we know. And to think that I I I know all of these things, how it all works and everything, I think it's in a very arrogant position to be in to even make that assumption. I I, I once met a guy. I said, um, <laughs> I asked him because he was he was going on and on and on about how Christians are absolutely all wrong and this and that. And so I said, simple question I asked him. I said, uh, we're sitting at a table. This is a restaurant, complete stranger, by the way. Um, I said, uh, let's just say everything that you could possibly know was the size of the table. So I said, what percentage of this table do you think you know? And he goes, about 90% of it. So my jaw dropped and I said, wow, well, if you had said 1%, I would have said, wow, that is a very arrogant position. But you said 90%? That is pretty amazing. And I just said to the guy, I said, so what's my name? He said, I don't know your name. I said, well, that's very interesting. My name just happens to be in that 10% that you and man don't know. So what else could be in that 10%, right? And I, I know that sounds very facetious, like I was being snippy with the guy or whatever. But he, what happened was he was sitting at a table with some... uh uh, less than educated people. Uh, I won't say less than educated people. Uh, some, some, some people that weren't as uh, as well read as he was. That's what I would say. Wasn't as well read as he was, and he was really just using all these words and just really puffing up himself. And you know, um, they did not know how to counter him or anything. These people believed in God, but they just didn't. Uh, they 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 didn't have the the. I guess you would say the the skill set to even combat him with a few questions and when I asked him that uh the lady was just like you know um I, I am so glad you walked over and I was like I don't normally do this because I'm an introvert but I, I just heard the argument and I, I was just drawn over here and I just had to say something and you know um why am I even telling this story how did that how did I get onto this topic I'm so far off uh <laughs> where I where where I thought I was going to go, my my notes are completely down, and I have uh, taken this train onto a dirt road right now. But what I just wanted to say is, you know, really just explore everything as far as uh, attacking your viewpoint and also supporting your viewpoint. You know, far too often we we surround ourselves with people that agree with us, and then in in result we we. We, we think that everything that we already know is being confirmed because we're only surrounding ourselves with people that agree with us. And I think that is a very dangerous thing to do. Um, I know that as Christians, we are not supposed to be, um, let's say, uh, mingling in some, uh, I don't know, uh, just, just den of thieves or something, right? Just some, 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 some situations that you're not supposed to find yourself into. But as an individual speaking to someone who is does not support your beliefs, has a different lifestyle, has a a, a different way of thought, um, there's nothing wrong with that. It is only going to make you a better person, uh, a, a more. It's going to it's going to strengthen your your faith in in the sense that if you can understand what people think, you can understand where uh, they see holes in what you're you're you're, you're thinking. It, you're going to be faced with, with two options. Either A, you're going to just accept their argument and abandon yours, or you are going to really analyze what you think you know 
and you're going to really dig deeper to either prove it or disprove it. And in doing so, I can tell you that I have been able to strengthen my faith by by speaking to people that do not agree with anything I believe. And I think it is I, I think it is a great thing. So again, you might think I'm crazy depending where you are. Uh, however, I, I, I really highly encourage you to get that book. Just look into other things. And if you think you know something, there is nothing wrong with just looking at a, 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 a viewpoint. The worst case scenario you'll say is, okay, this person's crazy and I do not believe anything that they're saying. And yeah, it's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll eat the meat and spit out the bones. All right. There is nothing wrong with that. And <laughs> so hopefully I'm not losing you, but now I, I'm just going to wrap this up, wind this down, but just let me know, um, uh, Bible Gun Media on Instagram, what you thought of this, uh, what you thought of the different segment, if you preferred, um, the, that, that music and that segment of how it was a little bit more, um, uh, uh, a little bit more scripted or versus how I'm just doing it right now, where I'm literally just having a conversation with you. And, you know, you get the, the good, bad, and the ugly as I'm thinking this out. And I'm, as if we're having a conversation, sitting down, having a good old jolly time. And again, there's nothing wrong if you, if, if you don't agree with everything I said. Um, at the end of the day, like I said, it, it just, it's a healthy thing to speak to different people, get a well-rounded picture. And that's why I'm open to feedback. I'm open to, uh, constructive criticism, not just like, Hey, you know, uh, your voice does not sound um, good because I can't change that. Right. (laughs) This is the voice that God gave me. So I can't change my voice. However, if you want to say, uh, something that will help in the production of it, or you have a question or you have something positive to say to make the show better, then sure. Absolutely. Send that to me. I, I look forward to that and I hope to see you in the next one. And I will, again, we'll put that link in, in the information for that book, Darwin's Doubt, in the show notes. Let me know what you think if you do get it and you do spend some time in it. And I am absolutely appreciative that you spent this time with me and you let me into your ears and you're hearing what I, what I have to say. And I welcome your feedback. I thank you very much.